0: Looking for Garza backside and for the first goal and a landing it out of history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history.
1: This call is being recorded. Like right now? Yeah. There's no <laughs> wording or anything.
0: Oh, sorry. I I didn't give you the Wayne's World countdown. My bad. No. Yeah. So are we going? Yeah, why not? Nah,
1: sure. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Five Stripe Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. Big thanks to our our uh, lovely assistant. I'm going to call her Jenna. I'm going to call her Jenna for some reason. Uh, we'll go Jenna for uh, introducing us there. Into the show, Jenna's going to be our new uh, regular guest on the H Dad. I'm Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer. This is a show sponsored by Dirty South Soccer because we work for Dirty South Soccer, bringing you all the best Atlanta United content on DirtySouthSoccer.com. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is over there. Say hey, Joe. We work for a bunch of ones and zeros. We do. We do. We we have not it's very met strange half the uh, entities we are even involved with. Um, they could be AI. We don't know. We don't know, but we get paid and we get paid the big bucks. Don't you forget it.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out to all those people who always say that uh, we're, we're doing stuff for clickbait, you know, because we get so much revenue from SB Nation. <laughs> man, let me tell you, all of your uh, tens of clicks on that one link we post is, uh, I mean, clicks to the uh tenth of a dollar for sure
0: ever heard of per click yeah that's not that's not us that's, that's not, not us. us
1: that's okay oh well anyway joe patrick uh we were already off to a, a rocky start
0: much like atlanta united was oh, last man. night against san jose am i right or am i right and i just this whole day has been a struggle this whole day has been a struggle it, it's you know running on four hours of sleep is uh is real it's it, it, it catches up with you man it, i tried to um like take it easy i tried i tried to like go through today in first gear and right, well i pretty did. much i pretty much did naturally because i just couldn't get my energy level uh up at all i was just <laughs> dragging so hard but that was because i was just so incredibly amped after that game last night i could not go to sleep yeah, that was the thing. What were, we, what were we supposed to do after that? You know, I, I mean, I
1: halfway—I uh, got halfway out the door going to cook out before I realized, man, I, I should probably try to go to bed. Two hours later, I'm staring at the ceiling still. Uh, it was a heck of a thing, Joe Patrick, last night, and maybe the—maybe not the best game, but maybe the most entertaining game in Atlanta United history. I would have to say over these two years. And maybe when we look back on and say that that was the night we clenched the supporter shield. Who knows? Yeah. I,
0: I mean, it, it was unique if anything, right? Like for none of us, none of us had ever.
1: it was quite unique. Yes.
0: I mean, none of us had ever seen anything like that before. Um, it, it's hard to even just dis- like compare it to anything else I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in soccer, but like in a sporting event to have, the game turn on its head so fast and not only for the game to turn on its head, but like for the game to go <laughs> such the opposite way that you thought it was going to go for, you know, two thirds of it or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um No one would have been surprised at all. If it were four, one Atlanta at that, at the point where it was four, one San Jose. Um right. Just incredible. I, I I was trying to write the five thoughts column this morning and I was trying to like describe what it was like. And I just it's hard for me to describe because I just haven't experienced it before. And I just don't know how to put it into words, to be honest.
1: <laughs> let's let's take in all the elements here of what that game and what those moments kind of meant, because you have to consider a lot of things and you have to consider some context uh, one of them being that Atlanta fans are predisposed to a- assuming the worst is coming in a big, big way. And a loss to the worst team in MLS to uh, somewhat, you know, throw a nice, nice big hole in the boat of our supporter shield uh, chances uh, w- would have been on par for the norm for Atlanta fans. So our expectations um, at the point, especially where we're seeing 3-1, especially then when we're seeing 4-1 with Wondolowski's goal, you're expecting everything to go terribly for for that narrative to be kind of shifted a little bit is is huge. Also, keep in mind the fact that it is one o'clock in the dang morning Eastern Standard Time over here in God City, Atlanta, Georgia. Like, I mean, half of the people who normally would be involved with this were asleep or had gone to sleep or given up. Shout out Harris Kriskich. Um, shout out Chris <laughs> Herbert. Uh, I mean, I talked to a few people today. who were like, yeah, I just went to bed. Yep, and so this is like a, a niche audience watching this who's staying up, you know, streaming this damn thing on Twitter with announcers who don't know the rules of soccer, which is amazing. Um And watching it on their tablet or their laptop or whatever. And this insane, insane thing happens. And if you weren't there, then you missed out on something absolutely stunning. And we're going to be able to say we were we were up and we were coherent for this game, which is a really cool thing that I think we're going to look back on as a somewhat seminal moment, I think, in this season for all its ridiculousness.
0: Yeah, this was definitely peak like MLS Underground. Um, oh, very like punk rock, you know. Um, after dark, it's yeah. Time. I mean, I mean, it was so weird. It felt like the Twilight Zone, to be honest. And I, you know, you're totally right. And the fact that it was so late at night, or technically <laughs> early in the morning, um, it just contributed to all the weirdness. And I almost feel like if it weren't, if it didn't, if this game didn't happen at that time, I don't think any of that would happened. We like, it, like, if the game wasn't at 11 p.m., we probably, like, would have won right. two to one or something, you know? Um, it would have just been, like, a regular old game, but this just made everything crazy.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the best parts about today was waking up around 7 o'clock or so and slowly seeing the tweets kind of trickle in as people arose <laughs> for their workday of wait. What What happened? What the hell happened? Because of course, if you went to bed right at four one, if you were disgusted and did not even stay for the for the overturn call, you you went to bed assuming that San Jose had four goals, and you woke up to a score line of four three Atlanta United. Yeah, and um, right, <laughs> just, you know some some witchcraft kind of stuff. Um, so as we got to kind of watch people wake up and go, what the heck just happened? Uh, that was. Extremely enjoyable. I, sure. I,
0: I had to give like three, yeah, three explainers on what happened to like <laughs> friends that no, were just like, "Well, what happened?"
1: Right. I, what? There's no other sport where that could have happened, and no really other league that implements VAR like that, where a goal could have been taken away and given to the other team simultaneously in one move. And I'm sure you have many of our opinion after that <laughs> i'm sure it's has mis- <laughs> you've been saying this entire year uh but god from an entertainment product standpoint that was
0: uh that was something that was well something. it was great for us i mean i couldn't imagine being on the, the receiving end of that i mean and it, not even for like the earthquakes fans. Cause you know, their season is whatever. They're more probably looking at their team for the performances and stuff like that. But imagine being a red bulls fan and having to endure that. <laughs> like that would be awful. And you know, as, as far as bar goes, I think we, we both kind of spoken our piece about it. I I don't really have anything to, else to add. I'm still what? like, this stuff is crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, it worked in our favor, uh, obviously last night, but I'm, I'm just not a fan of it in general. That said, I, I have seen, so this actually happened. A very similar scenario happened, um, in the, uh, not the youth cup, the, uh, the homegrowns versus. Oh, that's right. T- Tigres, uh, U 20 team before the MLS all-star game. What happened was the United States was up one, nothing. United States, uh, scores. They, they score a goal. Um, the keeper had come out to, the uh, the united states keeper had come out to collect the cross he kind of like fumbled it and there was a question whether he had touched it outside the box um but the play went on they went on to score a goal and then they went to review <laughs> they went to review this play in the goddamn pouring rain in a, <laughs> a friendly youth team game um and they overturned the call they they give they take away the goal they give tigres a free kick from the edge of the box they uh, they score it And then I think the game ended one-one. So, but but I remember watching that, thinking, well, this was like a fun like experiment for VAR, but no way would this actually ever happen in real life.
1: Yeah, that's a doomsday scenario. Like that's not that isn't something you actually would ever really assume. You you would like maybe nudge your buddy and be like, hey, what if what if this happened one day? And and it happened, and it turns into a monumental moment in this season for, for a number of teams, Uh, which is just crazy to think about. It's just a really, really kind of fascinating thing here, man. And and I am still kind of shaken up by it.
0: Uh, it, It's really unfortunate for like the referee, probably like that was the last thing he probably wanted to do was to have to like, Make that call right. <laughs> and take away exactly. the goal, Correct. but the handball was so obvious. Like it was right. so, it was so obvious. It would have been uh, a travesty if it wasn't called. And <laughs> Tata Martino was asked about it after the game. He was like, you know, do you think that uh, the right call was made to take away the goal and give away the, the and give the penalty? He was like. Well it was a penalty like it never should then the play should have stopped right when the handball happened and there should have been a penalty given to us you know it wasn't like he didn't yeah. say it exactly like that, but he's like, you know the referee's got to be better, man like they can't just be you can't be relying on technology to bail you out of these situations because it causes these mm-hmm. massive upheavals upheavals in the game you said you got to have better referees to get these things right
1: yep I agree it never should have been missed it never should have gotten to that point. Uh, I mean, I guess they did eventually get it right. And they implemented the rule correctly after about 30 seconds later. Um, of course, the announcers continually throughout the entire night said about a minute and 40 seconds. Uh, a whole bunch of Atlanta United fans jumped on that real quick and said, uh, nobody, we got the stoplight out. It was about 30 seconds, but the good yeah. folks in the division. Uh, pushing that minute forty narrative. The <laughs> I don't know uh, what they were talking about. <laughs> it was really
0: I, mean, I, I, I believed him at the time because it felt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Moment. And but, so uh, did, like apparently it's ESPN and a few
1: other places who, who took that uh, took that stat and ran with it. Um, maybe even Dirty Saw Soccer and maybe even me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would I would have done the same thing. But Yeah, I, I had no reason to go back and look. I couldn't go back and look because we're on freaking Twitter. Um, so you know we just kind of. Stuck with it. Um, I,
0: I, I got this whole thing really does reinforce like one of my main issues with VAR um, that I stated a while back was which is that basically when, when you're playing in a game with VAR, the whole game, like everything is happening retroactively or, or like like what you're seeing happen in front of you is not really like playing out in real time. And, like it, 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 it sounds weird, but like the game is being judged behind where you actually are in the game mm-hmm. um it just makes for a really really weird understanding error uh, just like a really weird you know setup and you know it was funny of course after this all happened um a bunch of you know writers in our dirty south soccer uh writers room were just like trying to come up with cra- even crazier ideas for what could happen. <laughs> like, oh, what if, uh, <laughs> you know, like, what if he gave a penalty here? And then, you know, it, it played out, you know, and there are all kinds of crazy scenarios. And if VAR remains the way it does, all these scenarios will play out. The, all the craziest scenarios that you can possibly think of will eventually play out over time. It's science.
1: But only this scenario, this particular scenario played out last night and, and Joe Patrick, you gave it a name. And I really want this name to stick as like the defining characteristic of, of last night. Joe Patrick, brand that moment.
0: It was the VAR quake.
1: The VAR quake. Oh, man. You could feel it. You could feel it all the way back here in Atlanta. Thousands of miles away. The VAR quake. San Jose to its core. Ah, beautiful. I, I mentioned this
0: during the game, too. I like that San Instead Jose. Instead of the San Andreas fault, the pro referee fault, which oh, it is their fault. Better.
1: Yeah, it's all their fault. When in doubt, by the way, I mentioned this during the game, but I like that San Jose is named after the potential catastrophic event that could bring the city into a smoldering pile of rubble. It's a very unique uh, mascot kind of thing that the fire also does, and I, I wish more teams did that. That was more- a
0: great observation. Do you think nah. it's like a scare tactic, like we're the earthquakes, and if we're destroyed, yeah, if you're going, we'll if we're going,
1: you're going down with us. <laughs> In 10 to 12 seconds of shaky glory with after after earthquakes as well. Don't come to San Jose again unless you're ready to deal with the earthquakes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Joe Patrick, let's talk a little bit about how we even got to this point. Because lost in the mayhem of the VAR quake was the fact that this Atlanta team looked like trash. <laughs> it looked <Yeah>. so bad. <laughs> It was awful. We would be freaking out so much if if the most insane game of the year had it just occurred.
0: Yeah, it, it. I mean, yeah, just awful. I think the players had actually kind of quit. That's how it seemed to me. Or maybe not. If they're quitting in their effort, they're quitting like mentally and just kind of they're just it seemed like they started to neglect any instruction, any possible instruction. They were just running forward, like everybody just running forward, except for Michael Parkhurst, Mm -hmm. Um, which I hate. I I, I hate seeing that because it happens over and over again with us. I feel like, I feel like it happened uh, to us in DC United. It was the same exact thing. DC just had more quality. They were able to, well, I mean, hell San Jose capitalized on opportunities as well. Um, They both scored three goals against us, but you know, it's just frustrating to see us like make those same mistakes again. Um, And granted, you know, it's tough. You're on the road and it's been a lot of games in the road, but let's be honest. San Jose, not, not good. Not good. Not good. Um, And
1: and we kind of have to go back a little bit to Joe Patrick here and say, what the hell was that lineup? What in the world?
0: It was was weird. You know, honestly, it's the personnel. I was fine with the personnel was, actually the, the exact 11 I thought was going to start. Um, but obviously we, that was the first time we'd ever seen a team sheet that looked the way it did with, uh, in a four, three, three, I think, is that right? Yeah. No,
1: that's totally the first time. It looked completely foreign you know, on a lot of levels.
0: Yeah. And it <laughs> I was just like dying watching Franco Escobar. Um, you know, God bless him. He's trying his, he's trying his hardest, right? Um, but the guy is just running straight forward during the game. Uh, Atlanta's down like three one or something, and Franco Escobar is like doing that thing where you know, like when you really have to like dig deep for the energy, you pull, you like when you're when you're running or you're getting ready to make a big sprint, you just like put your head down and you're yes. like and you're like and you're like jerking your head down to the ground as you're trying to. Get every last ounce of energy out of your body. Franco mm-hmm. Escobar was doing that last night running forward. <laughs> and then, and then he would do that. And then, uh, you know, someone tries to play like a direct ball into Joseph from like 35 yards and it gets cut out. And then, and then Escobar is just completely spent and he's t- all the way up the pitch.
1: Right. Our, our fullbacks right now, if that was a more important position for this team, <laughs> they're by far the least talented group. We have, and it's not even close. Chris McCann last night Ugh. had an all-time Chris McCann game. In that, pretty much everything bad that happened, he was at least somewhat at fault for, <laughs> um, including that post-game locker room picture that he, he oh McCann bombed with his uh, with his with just his body
0: in general. Um, all right, so he's a quiet, mild-mannered guy in person, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris, so like, does he does he understand that this picture is going to go out to like hundreds of thousands of people?
1: Well, that's that's part of the joke, Joe. That's, that's part of the joke. <laughs> you, you got all these sexy boys next to me. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta show off, show off what you got. And that was McCanns McCorder. Gosh, we always get back to it. It's amazing. It's amazing.
0: I yeah, was, was, I was. You know, I thought he would probably start because Tata Martino basically admits that he doesn't like to make a lot of changes to the first team, uh, to the lineup from match to match. Uh, yeah. but that said, I, I really wish Bello would have started this game. Um, I agree, I really w- wish he would have started. You put three at the back, that would have given him enough support defensively, and then McCann is fresh to play against Real Salt Lake now. He looked terrible in that game on short rest, and I have no confidence he'd be any better against Real Salt Lake um, on short rest and, and a long travel day. So, yeah. I, I don't. I really don't agree with the rotation policy in this one. Not amongst the the key players, but just at that one position, especially.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, and, and I think we may see Bello on on set, on Saturday in some capacity, at least. Uh, I, I'm kind of feeling that now. Now that we talk about it. I hope, uh, I
0: hope we do. I just thought that the San Jose game would have been a easier a
1: nice time. A midweek know. game, a weird body clock game where, you yeah. know, it's, it's eleven o'clock our time and everything like that. I I completely agree. Uh but yeah, Escobar struggling. Uh that's been a signing that maybe has not been what we had hoped it would be. Uh, of course Garza's still out, Chris McCann making way more money than everyone else still is doing Chris McCann things. Uh it's it's a struggle bus. Right now, I will sure. say, I don't see what could hurt by putting Bello in.
0: I will make a point for what I said about Escobar. And uh, I think a lot of people kind of agreed with like the criticism of him. And I'm not saying he had a, he like he did have a bad game, but I do. I would just say, you know, we have seen good play from him at times this season. And it was, this was his first game coming back into the team after several games out as, from with injury as well. So, you yeah. know, sometimes it takes players to get, get some time to get a little more match sharpness.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. As long as he's ready to go by, uh, by playoff time here, we're good to go. We're good to go. Um, either way, Joe Patrick, a four-point lead atop the Supporters' Shield. Uh, there is a scenario on Saturday. Uh, Red Bulls play Toronto at 5 o'clock. Our game starts at 7 p.m. Uh, I imagine we could have some really, really good news by start time of our game. With RSL, if Toronto somehow shows up here and snags a point, maybe even three, um, and at, at that point, if that goes down, we may see an atmosphere uh, in the bins that's uh, pretty, pretty darn impressive. Which uh, is the knowledge that that Red Bulls have gone down at a chance to take a potentially a seven-point lead. It's out the Supporters' shield with uh, four games left to go. That's a that's a heck of a thing.
0: Is it at Red Bull Arena or is it at BMO Field? You That's know.
1: a great question. I do not
0: know. Yeah, I don't know either. I know Toronto, they've got a really terrible uh schedule here at the end of the season. I know they they we play them on the last on the last day, so Right. Not easy for them, but th- the good thing about us playing them on the last day is it's not going to matter. They're going to be out. So, um with them out of the playoffs with nothing riding on it, plus the fact that they have, you know, some of their best players are older players that they might not want to, you know, throw into a game. Maybe they will because it's at home, but either way, it's good for us. I I think our schedule sets up very, very well, except for obviously this Rebel game. But Atlanta has two more road games, three home games. If they take, you know, if they take three, if they win all their home games, they will tie the single season points record. Uh, And if they take, if they obviously win all those games and take one point um, at Toronto or at Rebels, they will take the points record themselves. So, that's yeah. fun, and I, I would assume getting the points record would probably get us supporter shield at this point.
1: Yes, I think so. I don't think Red Bulls is gonna is gonna get there. Uh, so assuming another epic Atlanta collapse doesn't occur, then uh, Joe Patrick, we are we're gonna win the league. The
0: funny win. thing is, we have a better ro- <laughs> we have a better record on the road than we do at home this year, which is insane to me. I, I don't. I don't actually, think that's ever uh, happened in MLS. I don't think. Huh. Interesting. I mean, I don't know that, but I can't imagine it's happening. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's an anomaly, for sure. For sure. Um, by the way, Joe, Joe, a a game did happen that we didn't get to talk about uh, before the San Jose game. Uh, Atlanta United beat Colorado 3-0. Um, oh, yeah. I was out watching the other football.
0: I didn't watch it. Uh <laughs> It was honestly it was a bad game. Not a bad like Atlanta played well. Um it wasn't bad in that sense. It was just boring. Like Atlanta scored three easy goals in the first half and then in the second half they just sat back, possessed the ball when they could, when they when they couldn't, when they didn't have the ball they didn't even really care to try that hard to get it back. They just kind of sat deep, protected their lead. I th- I felt like it was even one of those things where if they gave up a goal they wouldn't really care cuz they knew Colorado <laughs> wasn't going to score three. Um, So they were just kind of saving their legs. That's 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 how it played for me.
1: (laughs) That's about all the analysis we need of that game. (laughs) I'm going to be real.
0: It it really Um, makes me wonder how the hell Colorado has more points than San Jose this year. Because San Jose looked I mean, San Jose played pretty well outside of the first eight minutes. And then after the the VAR quake, San Jose, I mean, they they played well. I'll give them credit. Hosen's
1: good. Vaco can do things, especially when the late-night defense is collectively wondering if they, they left the oven on at home all at the same time and decides to to just not stop him when he runs in the box. Um, and, yeah, they, they got Wando. There's, there's people there. There's recognizable people there.
0: Um, I don't know. They're Sam, pre-series. so I, I got a question for you. I love questions. What do you think about uh, Ezekiel Barco? Because he's been kind of... Huh guy that i brought up as being a real key to atlanta um the second half well it's funny it wasn't even like a full like second half resurgence because uh they gave up you know two more goals one that got taken away from VAR by var but you know they didn't even start playing well until like the 70th minute or something but i thought he was good i thought he added a lot to our attack i thought he made our attack like a lot less direct i thought in the first half we were we were pretty direct without him um but I put that on Twitter and everybody seemed to disagree with me. Uh what do you think?
1: No, I thought we looked better. I thought we looked better going forward at the same time they they brought the Renaults off and you know it was it was all go from that point. Anyway, um but no, he definitely adds an element that that makes us better. Um I think you put out something today maybe new that that he is in our best 11 right now and I, and I agree. Um I'm not Quite sure what else we can say about a that we haven't kind of beat to death, as far as you know, he circulates the ball well, he makes more passes in the final third than you think. We need him to be more aggressive, though. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I think everyone just wants Emil Asad back, that's fine. Um, but no, I thought he was good, I thought he was good. Uh, last
0: night, um, I do. This is going to be this is going to be terrible H dad fodder, but Teodol football shared with me some super secret. Um, maps or like charts, those uh, passing angle charts. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? What talking about. And so he had one. They're they're making all kinds of new ones over there at American Soccer Analysis. Um, Good plug. He had one that was only the passing angles of passes that are included in goal chain. Interesting, right? So basically, we're only talking about passes that eventually led to a goal. And if you look at Barco's it's like a huge circle all the way like he, he's passing in every direction basically and if you mm-hmm. look at Miguel Almiron's it's only passes going to his right so basically huh. so so <laughs> it doesn't make any it makes perfect sense to me to swap those players and have Miguel play more wide left and to have Barco play centrally because it seems like Barco is more like you know he's got a maybe a better first touch so he can like kind of get on the ball and turn and assess his options a little better and, and, and play those balls through. And Miguel more wants to play in that left side channel. So that, that's something I would, that's something I would offer. Um, Tata Martino, feel free to use this cause we know you're, we know you listen and, uh, um, yeah, so you can do that next game. That makes, wow. That's
1: super interesting. I, I wouldn't have figured. I wouldn't ask have figured.
0: him at, when we get off this, uh, ask him for those charts.
1: Yes, I will. I will. Uh, Joe Patrick, anything else to add?
0: Um,
1: I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered everything. Sweet. sanity. insanity. Uh, we will be live from Mercedes Benz Stadium or Decula uh, Waffle House, wherever we end up jokingly saying we are. But we will have the uh, full live H-Dad to you guys after the RSL game Saturday night. Going to be another late night for us. But that's okay. We do it for you, the people. Uh, so get asked with questions and everything like that after the game. Um, I don't think we'll do a preview H dad for, for ourselves because everything's kind of just tight. Yeah, It's too condensed. Right hey, we'll definitely I, do a big time blowout uh, preview for uh, what could be the, the game of the year in MLS uh, coming up Saturday with Red Bulls. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And Joe Patrick, did you have something on the add,
0: I actually did. Um, we, I did want to talk about Tata's uh, Tata Martino's contract real quick. Um, oh yeah, we did so, have news, there, didn't we? Yeah, so there was this uh, this report from Jorge Ramos Isubanda, uh some some ESPN Deportes studio show. When was that? It was the day of the game, right? Wednesday this night. The- um, it happened like Wednesday evening around five o'clock. <laughs> it was the funniest damn report of this guy. You know, this guy So they tweet. So the, the, this account tweets after this report just stating as fact that martino ha- is leaving atlanta united after the season um and that's that <laughs> and so we go find the video and the video is damn hilarious it's this guy talking with sirens going off in the background and um and like his co hosts didn't even like believe what he was saying uh it seemed like he was he was trying to like defend his himself after he after he gave the statement. That's according to Eric Quintana, kind of mentioned that, um, who's a Spanish speaker. But uh Doug Robertson denied or so I want to talk about what he said after the game. Uh, and I should probably pull it up, the the quotes, which I can do real quick. But I think a lot of people the reason I wanted to bring it up is I feel like a lot of people uh were basically saying he denied it. And I don't know if that's quite accurate. Um he didn't go so far as to say that um like that's not like I'm not leaving. Um he didn't he didn't say that. He just said that he hasn't made his decision yet, right? right. So the 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 report that this guy on the ESPN Deportes was saying was that the decision was been made, he's not coming back. Um basically what Tata said after the game was that He has a contract offer from Atlanta United. He's still deciding if he's going to take it. So I don't want to get people too high or low on this. I just want to say, like, we're basically in the same position we were before, which is which is what Tata said. He said nothing has changed in the last 10 days. Yeah, that's it. Don't look
1: too much into it. He neither confirmed nor denied anything. He just said, hey, that guy do not know what he's talking about.
0: And conveniently, they did not include any of his contract quotes on the quote sheet.
1: They didn't, and that was fun, wasn't it? If only we had the uh, the travel power of the Atlanta Journal and Constitution. Uh, but oh well, we oh need well. to get we'll to out. Out.
0: we need to get Dirty South Soccer to start paying for that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if we get like fifty more clicks a, a day, that'll probably even things out, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably.
0: It's like Sky Miles. Like exactly. A, that's exactly, like <laughs> exactly.
1: I've been paid by SB Nation and Sky Miles literally this whole time. Um, so, so I got a big trip coming up at some point here. Going to Huntsville. Uh, so really, I'm gonna hit Dead Spin up about that, but anyway. Did you say Huntsville? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh god. SkyMiles uh, <laughs> Miles. Um, why not? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's get out of here.
0: Let's get out of here. We'll see you later, everybody. Bye, all.